Aloha Maui. Hey, this is Josh Porter. And Jason Verkart. You're not helping me out there. Huh? Uh, yeah, sorry, man. I don't know. <laughs> Welcome to the Solar Coaster. This is episode 90. This is the Pantech Design uh, episode. Pretty excited about this with yeah, this CEO be... Troy Morgan coming on with us. This should be really cool. Pantech is, as you may know, longtime listeners will know, is uh, one of our newest sponsors. Uh, but they're doing the coolest stuff in energy automation. Pretty much the only stuff, the only game in town in Pretty energy rad automation. Stuff. Yeah. Pretty rad stuff. Amazing story here about this uh, partnership between Sonin and uh, Pantech Design and you know mer- home energy automation. Even that mm. term has kind of been you know newly introduced and newly minted over the last year talking about how energy storage and smart uh, home systems can kind of be integrated into this whole new world. You yeah. Know, Jarvis, right? Excellent. Dig it. All right. So that's <laughs> going to be the show. Really excited about that. Uh, let's jump right into our housekeeping. Uh, hey, folks, we are the uh, Solar Coaster here, Renewable Energy Theme Talk Show right here in lovely Maui County. We can be found Fridays at 105 p.m. on Kauai 1110 AM, 96.7 FM Central Maui, 96.5 FM Westside, 98.7 FM Upcountry. Got a great website, www.solar-coaster.com. Uh, you can go there and listen live, uh, stream all our some of our old shows, get all the photos from our random adventures all over the planet, um, <laughs> check out the blog tab sometimes, uh, but most importantly, sign up for our mailing list down the bottom of the front page. You can either sign, just sign up for the mailing list or you can submit questions there. So if there's some question you have, you can't call in for whatever reason, you can fill in your question and we'll get it on the air and get you your your answers as soon as we possibly can. We're also available on podcast networks, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, all carry the solar coaster. Just search solar coaster and we'll find our little yellow SC logo. So the website is solar-coaster.com and solar coaster on all the podcasts. There you go. There you go. Great group of sponsors here uh, helping the solar coaster stay on the tracks. My Solar Project, Tabuchi Electric America, Sonin, Pika Energy, Sundrum Solar, and Pantech Design. Uh, this is a call-in show, 808-242-7800. Uh, this is a great opportunity to give us a shout and learn all about the big fervor of uh, home energy automation and storage and solar and all the things that are happening out there. Great, not only uh, here in Maui, but throughout Hawaii. So uh, let's jump over to our Pantech Design Minute. We're going to hear about HVAC. Welcome to the Pantech Design Minute. Today's topic, smart HVAC controls. One of the largest consumers of electricity in the average home is air conditioning. How to use your climate control systems in the most efficient way, though, is not always obvious. When no one is home, the normal thing to do is to turn off the air conditioning. But heat is energy, and cooling is just taking away that energy. That's what an air conditioner really does. It just moves the heat out of your home. If you turn off the AC during the day, your house gets hot. And when you come home from work, your air conditioning needs to work extra hard to move all that energy back outside again. For most folks, this is unfortunately when the sun is just going down and you won't be producing any more energy from your solar system. So your AC will either drain your home battery or you'll need to buy power from the grid in order to run that AC at that time of day. Your solar system has charged your home battery already after a few hours of sunshine, but after completing the charge, it either exports at a reduced rate or in the case of a CSS system, just shuts off because there's nowhere to put the energy. So knowing all this, what can we do? What if there was a system that knew when your battery was full and could automatically use your excess solar energy for something useful? Pantech's Adapt system can do just that. Adapt will intelligently monitor your energy production, weather reports in your area, and the health of your home battery, and make the appropriate choices automatically so you don't have to. Your electric bill goes down, and your house is already cool when you get home. This has been the Pantech Design Minute. All right, check that out. It's yeah. pretty cool stuff one, going one on of, there. One other thing I want to note on that is that, it, of course, in a grid outage scenario, like when your power actually goes out, AC could like just decimate your battery if you weren't if it wasn't paying attention. So that's something else Adapt Adapt will do. It knows when you're offline, right? Essentially, and it will, it could kill that air conditioning right away. So it's just one of those things that yeah, we, curtailment, we turn, right? Off. So being able to say, hey, that's not a load we want to service in a grid outage scenario, right, just turn, and also turn it right pre-grid off. outage, right? With like me- the meteorological data, you're able to say, hey, it can send you a message and say. What would you like to do? Would you like to pre-cool your home now? Yeah, Maybe get, get use my all house that great power you know, to cool it off. Uh, so pretty cool stuff. Very excited to uh, learn about this step by step through these minutes. And uh, and uh, we're getting further down the road with this uh, amazing system. All right. There's a lot going on in the world today. Let's jump right over to news and events. News. Uh, we've got so many reports coming in. Wood McKenzie's um, numbers came out. Uh, we've got a couple other things from PV Magazine, from Green Tech Media, and a one other source I can't even remember at this point, but uh, all pointing to a huge, what they're calling a rebound. I don't know if it's a rebound, but it was, there was a slight slowing in 2018 worldwide because we have the issues in China and, of course, our, our uncertainty about tariffs. Um, but, but now we're going to see a huge 
rebound in solar deployments for 2019. Everybody says so. Uh, more than 100 gigawatt of solar uh, deployed in 2019 forecast. Yeah, and I like this 100 gigawatt number because we, you know, I think we first started talking about global uh, deployment of solar, maybe with Andre Richter from Meyer Berger, mm-hmm. and uh, that was the first time I had thought about that. You know, what's happening on an annual basis around the globe with this kind of pulse of renewable energies, and yep. this 100 gigawatt number is is what's kind of been the the, the the threshold or the cap we haven't been able to exceed yet. Right? Yeah, we really want to get really want to get there because it's a big three digit changeover, yeah. right? Yeah, 100 gigawatts around the world, 100 episodes for Solar Coaster. Generally speaking, oh, there you go. Level of importance. So, <laughs> in no, your but, mind, anyway, sure. But we're just 10, 10 episodes away. So, you know, what's, uh, but also you just mentioned that uh, that uh, in order I, to I hit did. a certain goal by 2050, okay, so we need to be doing a lot more. Yeah, so the Paris Accords, the basic um, kind of mindset is that if we can't, we need to get to a carbon neutral kind of environment by 2050. Um, in order to do that, we actually need about a terawatt per year terawatt from from now so, until 2050 to yeah. make that work and so we're that, that's like a factor of 10 that's a thousand gigawatt so we're at 100 gigawatt we need to be at a thousand every year deploying that much every year right so so we need to we need to pump it up it's kind of giving some perspective here but one of the things that's nice to understand a little bit about this you know, relative size of, of what's happening out there and where we need to be mm-hmm. is that we can also see what's happening globally with different uh, programs that are being approved and mm-hmm. then we can say oh that's a uh, you know X percentage of what we're doing right now right or, or so we need X to be percentage doing. of what's being put yeah. what's being rolled out so yeah. let's take a look at some of those what's going on sure um, well first of all there's just a couple of reasons for this 2019 prediction uh, price of power is going to be cheaper and cheaper and cheaper oh, as, right. as, as you go through and they're doing these large scale, giant scale uh, solar solar things like hundreds of gig- of, of megawatt per installation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the prices for those are going to be. Um, I, I saw fourteen megawatt. $14 per megawatt hour. Um, but for those that like the, the kilowatt hour metric, it's actually just 1.4 cents. Right, um, right, there you go. Yep, they're, they're pushing down module prices and best of all, the efficiencies are getting better, right? Uh, so we're seeing a lot of monocrystalline cell panels coming out with high efficiency and those are going to be uh, around like 25 cents a watt by the end of the year, so they say. Mm, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, there was a big, uh, you know, uh, it was an oversupply at one point, right, of solar right, panels. Right. And that contributed to a kind of collapsing of the uh, solar panel pricing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we see some charts that show some amazing numbers, I think be below manufacturing cost. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is some discussion about that kind of inching up a bit uh, after this change in China's China policy that affected that. Sure. Uh, but yeah, 1.4 cents a kilowatt hour kind of probably levelized cost over the system life of utility scale stuff, we're not talking about resi stuff, right, yeah. uh, is pretty cheap electricity. And then, you know, there's some other articles here that talk a little bit about what it takes to add uh, a storage to that, too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. And then, mean, and then, of course, domestically, we have the, uh, the we're, we're going to talk about the ITC. Um, the ITC is the investment tax credit that's going to be um, reducing at the end of 2019. If you don't, mm-hmm. if you don't start, you don't break ground by the end of 2019. You're not going to be able to get the full 30. percent So right, that's right, a, that's a right. conversation. To have. Oh yeah, no, definitely. This is 2019 is kind of a big year for a lot of different reasons, and one of them is that the federal tax credit on the national level, that 30 mm-hmm. percent is fully available. So if you're thinking about getting a solar system here in Maui, it kind of translates to hey, utility programs are available, the technology is available. We just got a call from Lynn Tran. Give her, give her uh, the, the 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 story that she gave us was that there was a, a major. Uh, expansion in their uh, production capabilities over that LG, so the batteries are available, the utility programs are available, and the f- tax credits are available. So, and this is the only year it's going to be well, available so in that kind in our, of perfect storm configuration. In our, in our current kind of uh, guidance, what we can well, see without, without some political shifting. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> ITC was going to was going to expire earlier too, and it, it was extended. It was actually extended in I mean, 2015. I, I, that's right. I'm kind of crossing my fingers that it'll be extended in the same form. Uh, but we'll I, see. I can't, we'll I can't. I can't see it. But okay. We'll see. We'll see. Um, we'll see. Okay, any more in that article, Jay? That was the no, GTM that, that one? That was the GTM one and, and the uh, I mean, PD Magazine as well. But there's um, a lot of hope for China. Now, China kind of was responsible for that dip globally. Um, whatever China does, you know, it seriously affects global hmm. numbers just because China is so large. But um, they're now talking that they're going to be bringing back their their equivalent of the itc right it's it's their their reimbursement the for solar for, market right? well, not just rooftop but for everybody um but they're they're actually getting hard numbers they, these are not final yet so i don't want to really go claiming anything they're going to be announcing just before the chinese new year which is february uh, 4th 
this year. So um, just before that they close out for the new year, they're going to be announcing the final numbers. But okay. it's, but it looks pretty positive, uh, so much so that a lot of their so their local solar companies, the larger solar installers there for, for residential, had an 8 to 10% rise in their stock prices. Uh, so, it so the conversation the, the is very, very positive for China. Woo-hoo. Right. <laughs> Got it, got it. So some good movement there. Yep. Um, we want to go over the one you were really excited about. Right I want to talk about the yeah. I want to talk about the Indian Railway project. Okay, so, so um, this is a really neat concept that they uh, India has uh, significant railways that go in and out of all their like everybody else um, all of their major metropolis metropolises. Jeez. Um, Metropolitan centers? Yeah, Metropolis that's what I wanted to say. And <laughs> Metropoli? I could, I could, I, yeah, <laughs> Metropoli. There's more than one. There you go. Um, but but they have, they're, they're, and they're all electric already. Yeah. But they buy coal-fired electricity to power them sure. to, the, to the tune of 4,000 megawatt. That's 4 gigawatt worth of, of, of electricity. Coal. And they're paying a lot for it. Um, so they're actually just finished this proposal that's in front of the um, Transport Board of Transportation to become the railway, to become a net zero emitter. What they want to do is they want to put um, on select railways uh, panels all down the side. So yeah. this is this is an area where it's generally con- it's off limits for building. They own this right. land already. It's just right. far away from the train. And they want to utilize that for laying panels down the railroad tracks the whole way. Right. And then, this is the cool thing, is that they're literally um, spawning an entire industry because they need a step-up uh, step transformer and inverter that will handle the 25 kilovolt that's, that's 25,000 volts uh, that the overhead um, pantograph systems run on. Right. So these these single phase 25 kilovolt inverters simply don't exist. I mean, it's it's, it's an impossible thing to find. And there's now they now have 20 companies who are interested in manufacturing these things. If it does go through, this is a model for the entire world (laughs) to electrify rail transportation, which is pretty cool. It's a neat. Neat concept. There, and you start <laughs> to see more and more of this, right? This notion of how do you integrate solar directly to existing equipment or products or things. And we see it with, you know, the air conditioning is a huge one, right? Right. And so that's been happening over the last few years. That's going to ramp up. We're going to probably see this more and more. It's like, how do you get it directly from solar into this other technology, right, of this equipment that we utilize? Now they're talking about trains. I love the idea of, and, and I, the visual on this is really exciting, too. You have land next to tracks all across the, can I call it the subcontinent? Sure. <laughs> right? Can I? Call, I don't know if that's still a term you use, but the uh, there's a you know ma- I mean the, I don't know if the um, the actual lengths are here or the the distances in this article, but you're talking about if you can imagine visually seeing solar panels alongside of the railway. Yeah, it's a, it's a great uh, graph. Right <laughs> yes, there. there there are the tracks. Um, so thousands of thousands of kilometers. Um, when West Bengal is is. Um, more than more than a thousand kilometers. Uh, has, oh, right. Those it, are the draws, kilometers right draws, there. Yeah, oh, it draws um, 930 megawatt by itself. <laughs> gotcha. So on the left-hand side of this cool graph, and this is in the Times of India uh, 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 periodical, it shows 4,000 megawatts of capacity, and it shows 4,444 4, kilometers of track distance. Correct. Right? Gotcha. This is like, you know, that the trains go west kind of thing. Now it's solar goes, you know, across the yeah, country. Yeah, solar goes on the train. <laughs> across the continent. It's remarkable. Really yep. exciting stuff. I'm so glad to see that type of thing. All right. Very cool. So, which oh, and they're also doing the five gigawatt one. Now, this five gigawatt, you said that this is actually going to be part of that, and I don't believe so. This is this it's is a sep- this is a separate project. Uh, they're also looking at another five gigawatt PV plant in the Lay District that will be um, nine hundred kilo- along nine hundred kilometer stretch of the Lay Manali Road, which I've never been on, but we should probably take a ride. <laughs> um, will be supplemented by another 2.5 gigawatt of solar in, in Cargill. So, I mean, there's just tons. So in India, they're talking right now about uh, railway at about 4 gigs yep. and another, is it 4, what is this, another 5 gigs or 7.5 gigs in total. So mm-hmm. that's, geez, right there. Yep. That's in an, it, it, now this is going to be d- if, done over how many years? Yeah, you would say, you would said that, that oh, there, well, there's like 10% of the uh, global, the, the global rollout. Right. 
realistically, these projects don't happen overnight. The railroads um, project is, is estimated to be completed in 2030. That's where they would, would when they would become a net, true net zero. Gotcha. So it's still a number of years before 2030. That still, it sounds like way into the future. But I had to look at the date on the bottom of the computer. To go, you oh, do realize it's 2019 <laughs> right now. <laughs> it's about 10 years. I, from I now. keep looking at it. Would so you start getting old? You, you figure it sounds like it sounds like the future. You but know, there's back, reason. Back to the future date passed hey, a long you know, time ago. <laughs> there's reason for hope or for positive uh, kind of thoughts here yeah, because this is a, these are major things that are happening and uh, you know we're, we're marching forward towards uh, a cleaner future with our energy I mean it's just yep. it's happening clearly uh, so there you go folks nice stuff nice. Uh, which is the next one we're touching on here a little bit closer um, so we want to talk about batteries uh, obviously we had LG last time we know um, Sonnen batteries available uh, Tesla power walls have started to become available as well um, and there's a nice article here if you were ever I mean people talk about Tesla a lot because it's, yeah. it's the, the super glamour name. Um, there's a lot of products. Do your research. We don't endorse any particular battery solution. Um, they all have really good use cases, and, and what, which one you want depends on what you're do- going to do with it. So you different merits, to, right? For right. Different you want to talk to your solar energy professional and get the right advice uh, to, on to your situation. It's it tough is, to do it that, is. to parse through the information and find right. out which product is right for your needs. Sure. It's tough to do that. Yeah, so we'll get, get, get help, get people that, that know what they're doing. Don't try to go it alone. Uh, but one of these nice, this is a nicely, relatively simple language um, article all about the Powerwall 2, the 2019 edition. It's new. It's from, this is on cleantechnica.com. The title of the article is Everything You Need to Know About the Tesla Powerwall 2. Um, yeah. So, and it goes through the whole process. What's in it? Why it works the way it does? What options you get? What options you don't get? Um, and, and just... All the all its operating modes and all the things that you can actually do with it. Um, I get the impression that he's probably fishing for referrals because Tesla has that wonder wonderful program. Uh, <laughs> right yeah. down the bottom, it says use my referral code um, <laughs> because if you sell a hundred of them or something on your referral, you get one. But uh, but the the article is put together fantastically well and it's really easy to understand. Yeah. So if you want to do if you want if you're interested in a Tesla specifically, go read that article. Absolutely. I mean, I found it to be really informative. So, um, yeah. And then you want to talk about Nextera? Nextera. Nextera, the folks that don't know, um, is a large energy company who have tried to make some inroads in the state here. They were rebuffed by by buying the local utility once. Right. Um, But they're they're still out there. And they do do a lot of good and interesting business in energy in general. Um, I think Florida Power and Light is actually a wholly owned subsidiary of them. Sounds right to me. Um, So only one day after the U.S. Department of Energy's prediction that coals coal will decline but gas natural gas is going to be like the huge future of energy um next era who's the energy company comes out and says no um on an earnings call jim robo uh basically went and said that even after the federal tax credits expire which we were just talking about right. um wind is going to be like at two and two and a half cents solar at two and a half and three cents storage will add like between half a cent and a cent but that would put them still squarely underneath the uh, cost of natural gas-fired electricity. So, and, and without the instability, those those pricing that, yep. that instant natural gas goes through. Uh, you know, and from the perspective of, of Nexter, I suppose they're owners of, you know, conventional systems. And the language yep. he uses here, which it, he went into those details afterwards, but in advance he says, solar and wind plus storage will be cheaper than coal, oil, or nuclear. Yeah. Uh, that will be massively disruptive to the conventional fleet. The Kenshin, his conventional his, fleet. So what, what he already owns. And, yeah. and that will provide opportunities for developers well through the next decade. Uh, so it kind of says it all. The guys that are on yeah, top really, of that it, business it, it, and really the leaders in that business are saying, hey, this is where it's got to be. You know, and Nextera has got a, a kind of penchant for owning those resources. They're a little bit more uh, pre- – they prefer to own those resources than to well, have he did, residential. He did, yeah, he did <laughs> refer to it as a fleet. He, they, they do want – they do want – that's their business is to own these generating facilities. Um, but, I mean, it's just – it's really impressive that he's going on record right now but with I mean, investors I mean, Nextera, to say – Right. We need to be on top of this. We need to be on top right. of renewables. Right. They're saying this is where we need to be in order to succeed as a company. Yep. I mean, what, what I was talking about just is that they they tend to 
uh, be more towards utility uh, utility owned solar systems than residential owned solar systems. Sure, sure. That's kind of the next era flavor, right? Of approach yeah. to these things. Yeah, we're pro solar, but we kind of want to. We kind of want to run that show. Yeah, oh, of course. <laughs> so. it's, still, it's still energy. It's still money. Um, the last news article I think we're going to be able to get to, we had a letter to the editor from ah, uh, yeah, the, Courier, the Courier Press um, Just in, in, in little Indi- one. Indi- Indiana. Indiana. It's, a short, it's, it's a short but inflammatory letter, um, and, and it's, it's making the rounds. But uh, Indiana had a net metering law in place, much like our own net metering, where you would get full credit uh, for... Uh, kilowatt hours generated on your solar system. Of course, that program is long gone here, uh, but um, Indiana has only recently lost it. Um, the gentleman goes on and on uh, how the um, it's basically theft that they're giving you, <laughs> uh, yeah, giving you about five cents per kilowatt hour for your generated, and they charge you about sixteen, uh, but they give you nothing else in 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 response to that. <laughs> Yeah, well, it sounds like a lot of the initial reaction of a, uh, a, a consumer that's put solar on their homes is that they want to get full retail value for their energy. Sure. And it's a, it's a reasonable you know, desire, right? And we, and we certainly have, we see it, the precedent set with net metering systems. And sure. then when that goes away, people get pretty excited about it. It's that. hard. It's hard. And, it's, it's easy to give things. It's hard to take yeah, them they, away. They don't like that. <laughs> and this fellow here is just, he literally has, you know, a couple of paragraphs, one of those paragraphs, two words, it's theft, period. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. I, and, and here's the thing. I don't agree with that. Yeah. I, I, and don't agree with that for some pretty straightforward reasons, things that we've learned over the last couple of years of the solar coaster. Mm-hmm. You know, the uh, the utility has to bear the burden of transmission costs. Yep. That's a huge expense. And there's also uh, things like running reserve, which is required, you know, to manage uh, the, the you know, the, the, to be able to, to just p- demand. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, if these solar systems go out, the utility's responsibility is there still to provide right. that if, power. If, you're, if your solar spinning system, reserve, spinning reserve, spinning reserve, yeah. yeah. If your solar system breaks down for whatever reason, you, you would still expect to electricity coming out of your outlet and and yeah. there's yeah <laughs> so there, there's a lot more behind this kind of story than initially you know seems that way from the person that's just getting solar and going oh well, why, why can't i get full value so yeah. i you know it's uh but we see this a lot you know these kind of conversations and it's understandable it's, it's, it is something to understand and, and also understand that nem in net metering was really a program to promote the adoption the early adoption of solar yeah. and and jumpstart the industry I mean, that's that's what it was all about. And, it was and, it was not and meant, by, and by all accounts, successful at doing that. Oh, absolutely! Because here right. we are. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> so it's uh, yeah, there you go. Those those types of ideas are out there. And uh, where are we at? One twenty eight. You want to uh, spin off to our commercials, Jay? You want to do one more? Um, let's just go real quick through the investment tax credit. We talked a lot about Have this as ahead of the show. Yeah. We've got to touch base on this. So for those that are wondering, it's thirty percent this year. It has been. It was extended in twenty fifteen to do that. And then next year, so at, if you don't break ground or prove intent by the end of 2019, um, it's going to step down to 26%, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it kind of is. And then um, after 2020, so two years, uh, it'll drop to 22%. Anything yeah. after that, so 2021 and on, the credit will drop to zero yeah. for residential installs. Yeah, and 10% for And 10% for commercial. for commercial, but that's so, in perpetuity. Yeah, right? so I mean, the, the, you know, there's a great little fact sheet here uh, if you go to uh, SIA, the Solar Energy Industries Association, and you'll be able to learn about this. But yeah, in that paragraph, the bottom line is 2019 is the last year for the full 30% federal investment tax credit to be available. So if you're going to get solar, now's the year to do it. Yes, do it this year. (laughs) (laughs) Let's roll over to our commercials. When we come back, we're going to have the great opportunity to speak with uh, Pantech Design's CEO, Troy Morton. Aloha, and welcome to Maui Solar Project. It is easy to feel rejuvenated just stepping outside on a magnificent Hawaiian day. Maui Solar Project is here to help harness that energy you feel in your body and use it to power your homes and businesses. As Laura tells us, Maui harnessed the sun so as to slow its path across the sky. Join Maui Solar Project as we harness the sun's energy and slow Hawaii's dependence on fossil fuels. Call Maui Solar Project at 269-2352. MauiSolarProject.org. Pantech Design is ushering the world into a new age of home energy automation through the convergence of smart home technologies and renewable energy management. Unifying solar energy production, intelligent energy storage, and smart breaker technologies with smart home devices, Pantech Design's complete home energy automation suite incorporates unprecedented control of lighting, shades, climate, security, hot water, electric vehicle charging, and many other systems. Contact Pantech today at pantechdesign.com. 
Tsubuchi Electric, a leading worldwide inverter manufacturer, presents the second generation of the eco-intelligent battery system, the IBIS. Tsubuchi's grid-friendly system includes a high-efficiency inverter, stackable batteries, and integration with Jelly software for the most adaptable battery storage system on the market. The system is optimized for energy management and cost performance. Maximize your solar investment with Tsubuchi's electric eco-intelligent battery system. The Sonin Battery Eco is an energy storage solution that utilizes intelligent energy management software. The system is available in a variety of storage capacities and allows for expansion. Sonin Battery Eco allows you to save money by harvesting energy from your solar PV system and using that stored energy when rates are more expensive. Sonin Battery Eco is specifically designed to provide you and your family peace of mind in the event of power outage. Our unique power detection system will sense outages in real time and automatically switch over to battery power. See Sonin Battery Eco at sonin-battery.com. MIT-founded Pika Energy, makers of the Pika Energy Island, a smart energy management system that uses solar panels, lithium batteries, and intelligence to manage your energy and keep you powered even during outages. With a clean, intelligent alternative to grid power, you're in control of your energy future. Pika's Energy Island lets you manage electrical costs with Hiko-ready self-supply functions. Pika's largest battery, the Harbor Plus, offers 16 kilowatt hours of stored energy and can power loads of up to 10 kilowatts. And if you need more capacity, just add a second or even third Harbor Smart battery to the same system for a maximum of 48 kilowatt hours of usable storage. Pika Energy, own your power. To learn more, visit pika-energy.com. Sundrum Solar is the manufacturer of a revolutionary thermal collector that fits on the underside of your standard PV panel to maximize energy capture per square foot. The Sundrum Solar Hybrid PVT system, combined photovoltaic and thermal, holds the world record for peak efficiency, capturing an astounding 86% usable energy. Learn how Sundrum Solar vastly improves electric, heating, and cooling economics at sundrumsolar.com. All right. Those were our wonderful sponsors. Thanks so much for your support over the year and a half, nearly two years, yeah. uh, keeping the solar coaster on air. And uh, a lot of great companies there that are doing really cool work and very innovative. You know, always, I mean, some of the always. technologies. And I was really excited. Uh, Pike is doing some really great stuff. And they're, uh, we're going to hopefully get some information from their uh, the parallel islanding and all kinds of great things. And then uh, Sundrum's doing great stuff. And so let's hear from our guest speaker today. We're very fortunate to have Mr. Troy Morgan, CEO of Pantech Design, on air with us to tell us all about is adapt software and all this great technology troy are you are you there can you hear us okay i can hear you guys fine excellent welcome welcome to the solar coaster welcome to maui how you doing today man i'm having a blast it's friday and uh happy to be doing this at the tail end of a wonderful week (laughs) there you go it's a great way to end the week i agree with you on that one 100 so uh troy i'm so excited to have you here in studio get a chance to really kind of dig in and unpack all this amazing technology that you're engaged with we've been learning about this through our pantech design minute over the course of the last couple of months it's been really an engaging and fun experience um so um yeah we'd like to just for the sake of our listeners we have had uh you on the show before so you're a veteran on the solar coaster. You were on one of our SPI series uh, shows with uh, Blake Ricketta and Sonin, right? That was the one That's that right. Right, right, Troy yeah. was on. Yeah. yeah. But we'd like to, you know, take a st- take a start right from the beginning and get a sense for uh, your company, Pantech Design, and yourself. Can you give us a little bit of background to start? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Pantech Design is, uh, I guess we're uh, we're going on year 14 here. Uh, we started uh, uh, 2005, and traditionally, what we what we've been focused on is the home automation industry. Uh, so for you know over a decade, we've been uh, basically designing, engineering, and writing software uh, for home automation systems in, in large homes and yachts and big buildings and things like that. And um, it's, uh, it, it's kind of exciting to be able to look back on how all this came to be, which we're going to get into here in a minute. But uh, that's, that's what Pantech Design has traditionally done for, for many, many years. And I would suspect that it pro- probably didn't, it probably wasn't, 14 years ago, did you, did you see yourself being a part of the solar plus battery revolution in such a pivotal way? You know, I really didn't. Uh, <laughs> right? I will say that <laughs> I have been monitoring energy uh, since 2013 in my home, but uh, the, it, it's interesting when you have all that data and can't do anything with it. Right. And sure. so that's what this new kind of you know, thing we're working on is, is all about, is actually being able to take this real information and, and do some wonderful things with it for, uh, for consumers in their homes and, and buildings and things like that. 
Nice, nice. So, yeah, you've you've got this wonderful partnership with Sonin. Um, how how did you guys even meet? <laughs> That's a great story, man. Um, so, like I said, traditionally we we've, we've been programming uh, home automation systems, and I got a phone call from a, a guy who I'd never heard of, uh, didn't know, uh, named Blake Riquetta at Sonin, and and he called me up. He said, "Listen, we've heard you guys are really best of breed at what you do, and." Uh, I'd like to talk to you about uh, interfacing with our battery. And and it really took me off guard. I, I kind of said, uh, seriously, Blake, I, a, a battery? Um, I, I, it didn't make any sense. The two did not make sense to me at all. And so I, I spent a little bit of time with him uh, on the phone, and he kind of laid down his pitch and stuff, and I gave it some thought. <clears throat> but it wasn't until our second call that things started to really – take shape Mm -hmm. and on our third call that's when the light bulb hit me and that's when i realized the potential of tying two industries together and that's essentially what what we're doing is we're we're tying this energy industry that that's been going for quite a while and and with a lot of very intelligent people and wonderful products and all kinds of great stuff to the home automation industry which in concert with that just it, it just explodes into an amazing uh, potential of capability and possibility. Yeah, it's kind of. I'm. Mean, it's. It's actually a little relieving to hear you say it took three phone calls for you to actually get it, uh, because it's. It's always. It's been hard to get. My, I mean, I. I understood the potential, but it was just so. I mean, all these things that you can now do. Oh, yeah, I can actually take action on this particular. Like what you're saying, when, if you get a particular piece of information, you can actually do something about it. Um, I'll tell you what. I've had that kind of feeling before, mm-hmm. where it's difficult to encapsulate the full value of something because it's so groundbreaking. Sure. I think that's kind of like evidence of yeah. how groundbreaking it is. The language isn't always there, and you're mind the the full kind of route of the potential isn't always there and then you start to uncover it over a couple and the, and the, voca- the, couple yeah, the vocabulary probably doesn't even exist for that stuff right? but you're talking about a relatively mature industry home and home automation is is pretty mature I and mean, there's always been systems even way back in the 90s i think i had some things that would do motion light I, detection and everything else <laughs> i gotta tell you just just a small aside here it'll take me like 20 seconds mm-hmm. a friend of mine when he was about 10 years ago was getting into was one of the innovators in the crowdfunding field and he tried to explain it to me about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And it took like three or four phone calls for me to understand what the heck he was talking about, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of like that. I mean, think of how huge crowdfunding is now, right? Nowadays, right. And uh, this is, I think it's it's all, it's equally as kind of pivotal and meaningful for the, the renewable energy industry and for storage in particular, right? So mm-hmm. there's so much that can be done here. So we'd like to, can you tell our listeners, for the sake of our listeners, assuming it's the first call, phone call for our listeners, right? On right, this, yeah. How can we uh, best well, encapsulate this? First, yeah. what does what what smart home tech look like that you would you would typically leverage yeah so uh, a traditional home automation system is going to be comprised of a few different subsystems um, you're going to have a lighting control system you're going to have a climate control system you'll have a shading control system uh, you might have a pool control system uh, you know or a water features type system uh, and then all of that uh, coupled with the audio video uh, in the home and sort of all put under one roof and in one simple and easy to use interface is a traditional uh, home automation system. Gotcha. And so when you start taking a look at a lighting system alone, if you just kind of break that piece apart, um, a lighting system can do some great things for you, uh, but in its simple form, it gives you a few really neat benefits of A, not having to walk around your home and turn off all the lights at the end of the night. Um, and then B, uh, being able to interface with it uh, in different ways. Your remote controls can control the lights. Your keypads, of course, on the wall, just like you would traditionally control the lights. But now you can whip out your iPhone and you can you know, use it and you can use your Android phone and your iPad and all these different ways to, to control the technology. And occupancy home. sensors um, so they know when you left. Yeah, and then <laughs> take the next step and you now automate. So what I just described was kind of an event-based or, or well, button-based, if you will, control system. But then you tie in automation, and now you've got things happening on maybe regular intervals or based on, like you just said, occupancy. Um, and and that's, that very thing can be kind of stretched across all of the different subsystems that I just mentioned in a lot of different ways. 
So huge, <laughs> absolutely huge. And that's and that's kind of your job with with the product you created called Adapt is to literally make all these disparate uh, devices all talk to each other. It sounds like a, a really absolutely. hellish thing to have to do, actually. <laughs> well, it, you know, it, it, it's easy um, when they work, right? It's mm-hmm. easy when the manufacturers... So another way I like to say it is that, that we're the glue. Mm. And, and we take all these different manufacturers of things that all communicate <clears throat> differently, and we tie them all together. I kind of I equate it to what a, a UN meeting might be like. Mm-hmm. All right. So in a UN meeting, you've got this table full of all these people that communicate using completely different languages. Mm. And without that translator, mm. they're dead in the water. They'll never get anything done. And so essentially what ADAPT does is it provides that translation method so that all these devices that communicate in all these different ways and languages can become one to the end user. Could I call it like an operating system for smart tech? Is that is that correct or is that incorrect? <laughs> yeah, that's a, it, it's a it's a fair statement. Um, it's operating systems uh, a, a a bit of a stretch to a point because a true operating system allows you to even layer more and more and more mm-hmm. things on top of it. But mm-hmm. at the same time. For this space, it's fair to it's fair to look at it like that. I'll tell you what. The reason that I said that is that a good friend of mine, DJ Alamayu, uh, that we've had on the show, and then I've spoken with, kind of like a bit of a futurist, talking about the he had used the term. He is like the operating system of energy. Mm. He's like that's where the opportunity is going to be. Just find out how to get involved with the oper- operating system of energy, and you're going to be in good places. So I was just thinking, hmm, maybe we are. Oh, <laughs> maybe this go. is it. I think we, I think we just well, <laughs> that, that is what adapt is. Uh, going that right there. there. You know, and I want to just I'm sure we'll touch on that. Yeah, I want to just touch on one thing here. You mentioned the kind of like event based uh, decision making scheme. You know, or button. You, you make, like, yeah, it requires a user input. A user input, and so then there's interval. Push a button, and then it feels like energy making decisions based on like if thens or, or or making decisions based based on a certain status or a certain of energy is kind of like the next level. I mean, that's kind of where we're heading, right? There's the opportunity to make decisions in relationship to wh- how how energy is is being created or stored or used, right? There, there's opportunities here in, in that regard, yes? Absolutely. Um, I'll, I'll give you guys a saying I've said for many, many years that, um, uh, that data is, it's, it's, it's extremely important to us um, but without software, it's not useful at all. And so without data and information, you can't do automation. Um, and when you start to incorporate energy and the information that we can now gather, um, both in, in a real-time sense but also a historical sense, the home or structure could start making decisions for you based on a set of parameters that you lay out. And, and that's really what energy automation is all about, is, is taking these key data points and this information and turning it into a managed lifestyle uh, for a consumer or you know, for the home itself. You know, I, I had had a really great uh, visual and learning aid the first time we were talking about this at length. I happened to be staying in a hotel where some of these products were deployed. Right. Mm-hmm. So as you're describing it to me, I got a chance and I just and I asked you, I said, hey, guys, is this uh, did you do a, did you do this hotel? And it turned out that one of your uh, partner organizations had done that hotel. So I was able to see it. So for our listeners at home, these things, uh, these type of technologies, they, there is something really amazing about what it feels like to have these integrated to your home. I, mean, I, I sat there in that room and I played with some of these tech and it and, it, and, it, and the, you know, the, the notion was pretty straightforward. It said, you know, is it uh, you know, they had these th- three set three or four settings on the on, on a display. Mm-hmm. Really intuitive. Is it time? It's kind of like is it kind of turning down time, time to relax and, and, and get ready for and it would reduce the lights, it would turn down the shades, and everything would kind of turn into a certain ambiance, right? Mm-hmm. And it was really amazing. You can see how once you had this, you would want you would definitely not want to live without it. I remember yeah, coming back yeah. home and being like, Oh bummer, this <laughs> I don't have this I just, really you keep cool pushing, thing anymore. pushing the button on the wall. Why is it going? You know? <laughs> so it's a, it's a, it's a new value that's being introduced to our lives, this opportunity for our home to create the kind of setting that we want through this kind of suite of technology. Uh, and I found it to be just very uh, attractive, almost addictive, to be honest with you. I really sure, wanted sure. it. Well, then I, I think the nice thing as well, that, that this, uh, the, home, the home automation suite of technologies that he's talking about, it's always, it, it, it's always kind of been there. That's what I was talking about before. But it, unless you were of the uber-rich kind of variety, sure. uh, it was really out of, out of bounds. And right. it's not 
kind of, it's really not anymore. Um, also, the uh, the whole just just to be able to integrate it all was was a massive challenge. Uh, to be able to what you're describing is just setting up three scenes so that you can um, just make a simple choice as a user. I mean, my my wife would love that because yeah. it's it's just a simple obvious button to push right uh it's like you don't want to run the home stereo because you have to press 16 different buttons to get this input to go right, to that thing right. to get it. it's just nope i just want to watch a movie press there the button and and it's come to that level who does um troy who um actually programs the system when you when you do an install so i actually have a team of developers uh mm-hmm. there's there's 10 of us and um we all have our strengths um you know in in different sort of categories but from a general sense uh, there's uh, definitely six of us that can handle the uh, programming aspects of the automation systems that we design. Okay, so the user doesn't have to know how to program any of these things. That's, that's kind of my point. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. It, that would be... Um, I, I wouldn't put that on my worst enemy, quite frankly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, when you talk about what goes into this, it, it's it, 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 there is quite a bit, and that's that's again one of the things that I've enjoyed about this industry in general is that there's uh, all the different manufacturers uh, do things their own way and we get back to that UN meeting situation because they all have their own languages and and I see a lot of longevity in in what we do from the standpoint of I never see there being a standard I don't think that will ever happen and I and now seeing the same thing now that I've been involved uh, a lot more heavily in the energy industry those same things occur in that industry as well, mm. where there's no set standard for a, uh, a communication method in regards to energy in general. And having said that, I also feel like in order for us to get where we want to go and really take that, that leapfrog approach, if you will, somebody has to take the reins. Somebody has to, has to create something that people can gravitate towards, feel comfortable in, and know and 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 grow with and when you when you when you create that you 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 will get this following of of wonderful uh software engineers and salespeople and all kinds of different people involved and become or, or to 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 kind of drive the industry and, and make that leapfrog happen uh that would transcend what it would be like if we stayed without a standard having said that though I've been doing this a long time, and, and I never saw a standard happen in the home automation industry. So while I have high hopes to maybe someday create a standard that people can use by virtue of what we're doing with ADAPT, um, I'm also realizing that that's a very big challenge. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think I said something similar when like, June we went to uh, InterSolar, mm-hmm. and I was screaming for an IEEE kind of committee <laughs> to, to make that happen. And of course, it's not going to, is it? Okay, so I, I have a couple uh, questions here. And just and really for the sake of our listeners, mm-hmm. I, I'd like to be able to unpack, you know, what it might look like for them in their homes to have this kind of a system. And what I mean by that is right now, we're in this really interesting time in Maui, where we have this new utility program called NEM Plus. And NEM Plus, you know, this is kind of the first big ramp up of batteries being integrated to solar and residences across the islands. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it makes sense out here for a lot of different reasons for the, uh, the the incentives that are available because the technology is available now, because the utility programs are allowed, the county's permitting it. So the full kind of arc of things that need to happen are kind of lined up, right? Mm-hmm. And so now people, if someone's saying, okay, well, I got a NEM system, I got 10 kilowatts put on my house back in 2008, it was great, it saved me a bunch of money, but I want I want I want a battery. And when they get that battery, are, are they making the decision in concert with the other op, the, the value proposition of like smart home energy automation, the full package? Are they, are they preparing themselves to be able to be a part of this new revolution, right? What choices are they making? So I'd love to be able to give them a sense of what this could do for your average home. Uh, is there a way for you to kind of give us a, 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 like an like a overview of that, a top-level 30,000-foot view overview of that, of how this kind of can present value for, these, pe- for this, these clientele that are now thinking, hey, I'm about to buy a battery. What battery should I buy? Maybe it should be Sonin so I can participate in this Pantech design technology. Technology. Yeah, no, absolutely. In, in fact, I because I live it now, uh, right. I, can, yeah. I can be intimate uh, about it. And so here, here's, a, here's an example of, of what my home does uh, when there's severe weather in the area. And first of all, just for, for the listener's sake, I, I live in Texas. Um, for the most part, it's hot, but we have a little saying in Texas that uh, if you don't like the weather, in, in, you know, where you are in Texas, uh, just wait a few minutes. 
um, <laughs> because it changes. So in my home, an example of how, how ADAPT and energy automation work, uh, ADAPT has a component of it called uh, severe weather forecasting and backup. And so we take a look at what's going on around the area, um, uh, mostly relative to latitude and longitude. And uh, if there's severe weather in the area, my home will automatically uh, raise what's called a backup buffer or kind of the power reserve in my Sonnen battery. It will raise it up to 100% because I may not need that full 100% uh, to, be, to be charged all the time uh, from a daily cycling standpoint. We yep. may get into some technical things, but for the, for the basic uh, uh, explanation of it, it, it does this automatically, makes sure the battery gets charged up fully to 100% as quickly as possible. At the same time, while it recognizes there's potential, you know, for uh, big storms and, and these things, it will lower the shades. It will uh, set the thermostat back about five degrees uh, to pre-cool the home. And, and all of this is in preparation for the potential of a power outage. And if that severe weather uh, goes away, and we never have a power outage, everything goes back to normal and kind of, you know, does, does its thing. Now, if we do, however, have a power outage, that's when things get really exciting because that's when the home can make the decisions based on the parameters that I've set for what should be on and what shouldn't be on. And so in my case, I'll shut down the pool pump. I, I don't need that. I want to make sure my battery lasts as long as possible. And that's all done by controlling uh, things at the breaker level. So we can actually tell the breakers to shut certain things down when a grid loss occurs so that we can make sure that we make that battery last as long as possible. And then there's a whole other dynamic part of that where I get to choose as a homeowner that I'm comfortable knowing that I'm going to get my power back in a couple of hours. So when the grid loss occurs, I get a little notification on my phone and I get to say, yeah, I want to power all the devices in my home because I don't think this power outage is going to last very long. But conversely, uh, say for you guys in Hawaii, when you've got a massive storm coming, um, you guys might just want to power the essential loads. So in that case, I get a little notification and I say, you know what, I, I'm not feeling too comfortable about this one. This is a big one. So I'm going to say just power the essentials and I'm going to make sure my refrigerator stays cold, and I'm going to make sure my freezer is going to stay cold, and I'm going to make sure that my Internet's still on. That way I can at least get information and data about what's going on around me. And all of these things put me in the driver's seat uh, and, and in a very comfortable position relative to, be, to, to sitting in my home in the dark not knowing what's going on. It's huge. And, mm. and well, quite frankly, uh, maybe being a little concerned uh, for my family. So yeah, yeah, it, it's, it's, that's it's, what it's all about. Thank you for that great explanation. I, you know, it, it, it just reminds me of, you know, how each time a new meaningful technology becomes available and then there's this kind of sense of empowerment that happens with 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 you know with the individual with me when like for example the first time I saw uh, ho uh, uh, consumption data monitoring of the mm -hmm. home I was really blown away that I could tell what was happening with the different devices and how much money I was spending and I could see that real time like that to me was empowering right and that was a dollar thing right, right. and uh, and then we could have conversations with my daughter and say oh we should do this or not do this right with energy uh, and now you have a sense of you can actually interact with and make decisions with about generation about storage and about how you choose to use that energy in certain circumstances with weather and with uh, extreme weather and with uh, events that could affect your safety. I mean, that's a, that's a huge growth of empowerment, right, right for the individual right. via yeah. technology. Yep. <laughs> Troy, Troy, are you still there? Okay. I, I am. I just didn't. I mean, wow, that's exactly right. I mean, when yeah. you talk about empowerment like that, I, I, as you were saying that, it, it, it also uh, brought another word to mind, awareness. Um, mm. And when we have this information and and we we can do something with it, uh, we come we become more aware of of our our situation and also empowered to uh, affect it in a positive way uh, for ourselves, our families, and and for us personally, our customer, uh, who you know we obviously care deeply about, and so. We're, we're empowering the customer, and I, I love that. I love hearing that. It's yeah. well said. 
So where do we see this going? Uh, what are your uh, expectations here? And we've got a few minutes left in the show. We're just going to run right through and continue on until uh, show wrap, uh, Troy. So give me a sense here. What, what are your expectations here? What's growth look like? What do you want to do out here in Hawaii? So one of the things that we've just created, uh, which is super exciting, is our Adapt Energy Automation Package to make it very, very simple for the solar contractors, electrical contractors, and home automation integrators to uh, basically install the brains of the energy automation system and be able to attach it to home automation systems as well as the sun and battery technology to achieve all the things that I, I just described a moment ago. And so where we see this really going is sort of what I was talking about earlier in terms of a standard because once again, people have something that, that they can rely on that works, um, then uh, I say people, but manufacturers of devices, if you will, once they see that and they can, they can believe in it, we're going to be able to attach all kinds of neat things to the ADAPT system, quite frankly, uh -huh. why it was named what it was named, uh, because <laughs> right. by its very name and its design, it's designed to, to do that very thing and, and communicate with a lot of different technologies out there. And so I'll give you an example of one of the things that we're, that we're working on, um, and it has to do with EV chargers. Mm -hmm. So when you start looking at uh, costs associated with peak times uh, relative to off-peak times, it, it gets interesting when you have an EV in, in your garage, right? Uh, electric vehicle sitting yeah. there. Uh, typically what people do, they, they go to work, they come home, they plug in. Well, when, if you're plugging in when you get home, you're plugging in at peak time. And yep. all of a sudden, you've got an interesting situation on your hands where you're paying a lot of money to charge your car, but you got to charge it because you got to get to work on time in the morning. And you don't want to be sitting there with a dead battery in your car, which we've all had happen to us probably at some point in time in our lives, just in a different way. But so with the technology that we've, we've built already and what we're working on, um, the EV can actually be charged later on at night. And that's automated. That's just done. You get, you still do the same thing. You plug it in, but that's a dead plug when you do it. And then the system will turn around and say, okay, we're off of peak time, and mm. now we can charge the car. Um, that, coupled with the fact that you can flip that around to put yourself in a position where if you're in a really bad situation and you need some additional power, some of these cars out here have a good 100-kilowatt-hour battery in them. Mm -hmm. And there's no reason why that battery couldn't be used to power the home as well. And so couple that with your, your storage you have already, and now you've, you've just extended your potential for uh, resiliency to a grid outage uh, in terms of a day or more in some cases relative to how much load you're, you, know, you, you have on the battery. Oh, yeah. So those are the types of things we're looking at you know, future-wise and that we're actually working on right now. Yeah, I guarantee there's there's home automation stuff you haven't even really considered yet, and it's it's coming down the pipe. <laughs> yeah, Vita Vita H or Vita vehicle H. to yeah, house vehicle or vehicle to, to home is kind of at the moment feels kind of like a holy grail in the conversation. It's really an exciting one, uh, and there are some people out here that are um, that are tooling around just uh, just to share with you, Troy. Some uh, we had a fellow on uh, maybe a few months back that was messing around I with a leaf. Many, and, many uh, months. He was doing it independently. <laughs> and he had, he, he was, uh, you know, he's powering his house with his leaf uh, through, he's an electrician. He was messing around with it. So uh, we're really excited to see that kind of technology come to bear. We'll have to do a show on that when it's ready to have that conversation. Okay. So Troy, consider that an invitation for uh, a show down the road. Uh, we can't thank you enough for coming on air. Unfortunately, it's the end of uh, our hour here in the uh, solar coaster. But this has been Troy Morgan uh, with Pantech Design, a sponsor here at the Solar Coaster, and an amazing suite of technology. And thank you, Troy, to you and your team for doing all this amazing work and for inspiring, you know, the, the people in the industry of getting excited about what's possible. Likewise, gentlemen. Absolute pleasure. Happy to do it again anytime. All right. Check out PantechDesign.com for more information. All right, folks, this has been The Solar Coaster. We are sponsored by Maui Solar Project, Tabuchi Electric America, Sonam, Pika Energy, Sundrum Solar, and Pantech Design. Uh, have a great weekend, folks, and aloha Friday. Take it easy.